Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't like you Vive, say tires? Vive Clicquot. It's the same Just thing. Just say tires. Uh, where, where do we pick up from? Hi, uh, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. When are you going to mow the lawn? Your parents are coming over and you're not even dressed. You promised you were going to leave your wife for me. Don't let this happen to you. Everybody's working for the weekend, but your family and friends are always ruining your days off. Introducing football season. The best way to drown out the ones you love. Watch grown men run into each other head first. Marvel as overweight men chase a bouncing ball. Let the gladiators of today help you disconnect from the worries of the modern world. Get your 2018 college and pro football seasons today and we'll throw in the Sinner and the Saints tailgate show. Presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light for free. That's right. You'll get two football leagues. Luke Anderson. If you were at the gym and you saw Myers Leonard pull up in a Prius, met him at the swimming pool, but you didn't ever really have a chance to talk to him because he kind of dismisses of you would you leave your name and number in his uh, windshield will darkens like, i want to see more of the man bag the alligator skin man and bag. two hours you'll never get back every saturday morning for one low price just turn your dial to 1080 the fan hey happy saturday morning sinner and saints where else would you rather be than right here in beautiful sunshine in 67 degree Portland or oh never mind sorry it's overcast and it's cold yeah oh Woo! I got my windbreaker on you don't you have the same stupid hooded sweatshirt you have on every weekend that you never wash got my oatmeal my hot oatmeal and black coffee Ooh. oh this is this is what tailgating looks like in Portland Oregon all I'm missing is a good book and my cat meow is your uh, cat Daisy? Is yeah. that right? Yeah. yeah, it's an orange cat, Daisy. Yeah. Just cuddle up with Daisy and uh, read a good book. Ooh. I'll tell you, man, with the college football slate that they've got on today, yeah, that's probably the best move. Is the book. The book. Are you telling me the Las Vegas Bowl isn't something to uh, listen to? It's right here on the fan. Pre-game starts at noon, kickoff at noon 30. Oh, I mean, that's what I'll be doing, yeah. but I can understand how you wouldn't want to do that. Now, how do you like to listen to your Las Vegas Bowl? Do you do it in the car, in your driveway, or do you uh, go out and like to do something active while you're listening to it on uh, Radio.com? Yeah, I put app. it on Radio.com, and I go for a run. I put on uh, put on my trail running shoes, and I find a nice uh, muddy trail up in the woods. Ooh. Yeah, I go through there. I wear short, <laughs> short jean shorts and a cut-off flannel shirt. Sounds awful. Yeah, it does. Wait, sh- Wait, what is it again? It's a cut-off flannel shirt. Oof. I'll tell you, every year for Christmas, we used to buy my dad uh, flannel shirts. There's five kids in my family. We'd all get uh, my father a flannel shirt for Christmas. Then by the time summer came around, he'd just cut off the sleeves. And, and turn them into pants? Wait, no? Oh. No, he'd wear just sleeveless flannel shirts. And then uh, by the time next winter came around, he didn't do flannel shirts, and there you go. Okay, so you got uh, actually something interesting in the Fresno State team in the Las Vegas Bowl. Now, Fresno State is playing against Arizona State they in are. the Las Vegas Bowl. They uh, two are. teams not traveling terribly far to take on one another. No. You've got uh, old, what's his name? 
down there. Your boy, Marcus McMarion for Fresno State. That's what I was just about to say, old Marcus McMarion. uh, The holdout of the Gary Anderson era, the guy who pretty much led us to a Civil War win, pretty much was able to hand the ball off to Ryan Nall uh, in order to help us win the Civil War. He did hand the ball to Ryan Nall. Yeah, he's very good at it. Yeah, he did quite well. Uh, the one thing to consider if you are going to watch the Vegas Bowl today is that these teams will not be at their best. Speaking as somebody who played in the Vegas Bowl, it it <clears throat> drives you down. How to Explain how. That wasn't one of the games where you were trying to sneak uh, girls into your hotel room. That was one of the oh! games I was trying oh. to sneak girls in my hotel room. When I was uh, playing in the Vegas Bowl, we played BYU, and they kicked the crap out of us. Well, and You're saying BYU didn't go out and get turned in no. Vegas like the Beavs may have? No, BYU is very good about saying, hey, we're going to put all of our guys in Old Town so <laughs> they are not near the Strip. And, uh, yeah, they just kicked the living crap out of us. Not to mention there's a... Um, you know, the smiting of one's God, if you were to go out and get turned, yeah. uh, that might have a little bit uh, hanging over your head before you go out and, you know, do that 15th shot the night before your game. Well, and goodness, all those guys have like, what, 10 kids each. So, Well, sure. They got back from their missions. They're mm-hmm. all 26 years old. Uh, they've got their first five kids. They're grown men. Yeah. So there's, there's a big difference there. Uh, but you've got, uh, you've also got Nikhil Harry not playing for uh, Herm Edwards' Sun Devils. Yeah. Um, Smart. But- well, yeah, he's going to be a uh, high NFL pick. So. Yeah, what's the point of playing there? Well, what's the point of even going? I'm telling you, dude, that you... bowl game is an effing trap. The first night we got there. <laughs> what kind of trap? Uh, it's an effing trap. Okay, got it. Um, so the first night that we got there, Coach Riley pretty much got us into the uh, – Well, okay, so every bowl game that you go to, right when you get there, uh, they basically funnel you into a conference room, and then the local police come in and tell you what and what not to do. Yeah. Like The you know, local police. Yeah. They do. Uh, yeah, because when we went to the Sun Bowl, the police go, okay, so, you know, the usual, try not to stay out past midnight, blah, 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 blah. Don't go to Juarez. Because oh, we yeah. were right yeah, on the yeah. coast in El Paso, and they go, whatever you do, don't <laughs> go to Juarez. Border. De- Dennis Christopher went to Juarez. He got kicked off. <laughs> yeah, the border, not the yes. not the coast. Yes. Um, so, yeah, in the Las Vegas Bowl, we got all got into the room, and the police came in, and they were like, oh, just, you know, Try not to get fooled by too many people uh, when you're on the strip because they're going to try to get you into weird things. And then Coach Riley goes, let's try to get in by 1130. Nobody got in oh, by 1130. Let's no. try to. No, I got in by 2 a.m. And then the next morning we had to practice, and that was awful. Yeah, the the I had a little run-in with the – I had a couple run-ins with the Vegas cops. Not that I did anything, but, you know, you just you bump into police. I lived there for five years. so uh, But my brother came down, and we got very, very drunk. Uh, and we were walking across the street, uh, double-fisting Newcastles. Whoa, that's a classy night. <laughs> it was. We were leaving the Rio, walking back to the Palms where my truck was. This was before I fell asleep in the bushes in front of the Gold Coast. Uh, but I finished. Sounds like a Hunter S. Thompson novel. This was a very much a Hunter S. Thompson night. I woke up and couldn't find my brother. Uh, he was sleeping in the back of the bed of my pickup truck. Uh, and then I woke up sleeping in the bushes in front of the Gold Coast. But that's a whole different part of the story. The, or the little run-in with the cops that night is I, I'm midway across uh, the street, and I be, I'm trying to think. It's it's not Tropicana. It's it's Flamingo, I think. No? Anyway, it doesn't know. matter. Major thoroughfare, uh, and you're walking across a major street. I think it's Flamingo. Anyways, I finish one of the beers, and from the middle, like the middle lane of the highway i just chuck the bottle into one of those uh, concrete aqueducts yeah. across the thing so i just throw it overhand as hard as i can an empty beer bottle and all of a sudden here come the little uh you know berries and cherries mm-hmm. blaring cop pulls up next to us leans out the window and goes hey try to hit a garbage can next time and then drove off 
That's how much concern well, the Vegas police have. With a little anywhere else, you're probably getting quite a bit of trouble. Oh well, I think they took one look at you guys and were like, "Okay, yeah. I don't think this is going to get too serious." Yeah, these guys are idiots. Yes, and we'll move on. We've buried the lead, and I apologize for that. What's the lead? The Blazers Whoa. are awesome again. Oh yeah! Yes. yes, yes, yeah! They just beat the team with the best record in the NBA. That means the Blazers by virtue of beating the best team, are now the best team in the NBA. Wow. Yeah, not really, though. Oh, is that not how it works? No, no, I don't think That's so. That's a transitive property. You know, uh, the best part about this game, though, really was the bench. I know that it's kind of been uh, overwrought, talked about maybe too much in this 24-hour span. or not I don't think it is. Hours. The bench has been terrible since Thanksgiving and probably early November. And even Myers got in on some of the action. Was, you see it, that sweet outlet pass? Myers got in the game. The bench outscored the Toronto bench by 32 points last night. Pretty dope. That's super dope. And Toronto's bench is considered pretty damn good. Um, now, we can't say that nobody saw this coming. Hmm. What? Oh, I was on uh, primetime uh, last night, and we had an oracle. Now, did you load this sound? We had a, Yes. Do you need me to tell you where it is? Because I think you wrote it down. Oh. Um, oh God. Oh jeez. Okay. Oh no, no, no. I got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is last night on primetime during the show, we found out. So, so Rob had identified that the Blazers were going to win the game. And then we found out Kawhi Leonard was going to play. Before we get into a little NFL talk, I just want to give an update for all the big Raptors fans out there listening to this program. Kawhi Leonard will play tonight. Oh, damn it. So you made Blazers, a proclamation at yeah. 517 that the Blazers yep. will win. Do you want to retract that? I'll give you one opportunity. No, I told you it doesn't matter if he plays. They're going to win. Okay. Um, but they're no longer going to win by 47. <laughs> they will win tonight by six. By six. Okay. Yes. Well, that makes it a better game. You heard it here first. Thank you. I appreciate that. Final score, 128-122. Blazers beat the Raptors by six. That's like half impressive. <laughs> It was half. I'll give it half. If he, if I would be way more, I would be blown back if he predicted the actual score. That to me would be like, oh my god, get that guy to Vegas. Still pretty damn good. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. I'll I'll take that. Uh, But it is the the big story is the bench when you can outscore the other team because the funny thing is when you see you know the the way the season started and everybody got super excited, it was the depth that the Blazers have been lacking. For such a long time, right? They changed the rotations. Evan Turner moves to kind of lead the second unit. Nick Stauskas comes out and lights the world on fire to begin the the start to the season that Zach Collins had. Myers Leonard looked like he might be a basketball no, player. No, no, no. Don't do that. Might be? No? no. Don't do that. What? Don't. Don't do what? Oh, come on. You gave him credit for his outlet pass. Yeah, I can't there, mention that at the beginning a, of the season. There was season, a thick, a Thick layer of sarcasm on that. Whoa! I mean, like really thick. Okay. I know we don't. I know we're not that sarcastic on this show. No, but never I have tried. Been. I tried very hard to lay on the <laughs> thickest layer of sarcasm as I could. Even during that alley oop dunk, you kind of looked at him. And you were like, God, I hope we don't miss that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, but everybody played well last night, and uh, Seth Curry, yeah, had his uh, his new Blazers high in points, point total, thirteen points. 
for Seth Curry. That's not bad. It's not bad. And I mean, he, he, he's looking a lot more like the guy we saw in the first two games where we were kind of like, oh, hey, yeah, what's up with this bench thing. here? Well, and he hit a couple threes late. And then the, the cool thing is they had, a, they had a run in the first half and they had a run late that uh, that obviously made a huge impact on the game. So, okay, so, so now, the question is whether it's a turning point or it's an aberration. Yes. Is, it the, is it a turning point? Is it something that you think that you can work off of? I You know, if you're listening to the update, the well, I didn't list out really the uh, the remaining schedule for December, but to say the least, it is pretty uh, prickly. Is prickly. That a good word? That's a fantastic. Is that word. a good way to describe yeah. it. So yeah, they brand. get the weekend off, and then on Monday they play LA, and then here are the rest of uh, the games they play in December. You got Memphis, Utah, Dallas, Utah, Golden State twice, and then you finish it off on the thirtieth with uh, the Seventy Sixers. Dude, that's treacherous. Like. Eh, you you could maybe get one of those Golden State games because of the fact that they'll probably be resting. They'll go like on a back to back and say like, okay, we got to rest somebody, mm-hmm. and then the Blazers get pumped up about it. You would assume it's going to be that twenty uh, December twenty ninth game. Oh, they do have a day in between, but you'll you consider it's that the twenty ninth game at home that they'll be able to beat them. But other than that, dude, Dallas is looking friggin' good. The entire West is looking good. Yeah. We, I mean, we're looking at the we're looking at the West over the last couple of days, and outside of Phoenix, everybody is good. I mean, you can take you know fifteen or what? The Kings four, four, are good. Fourteen teams and go, dang! Like that's it, it's going to be a difficult run to the playoffs for most of the teams. And they, I mean, right now the Nuggets are the best team in the West, and I don't know how many people really saw that coming. I don't know if you. Uh, if if you predicted this, but I mean, also the Warriors are still going to get Boogie Cousins, so they'll you expect them to pull away from the pack if they start to care. But there is some. I got to tell you, man, that's throwing a jackknife into things. But but here's what it is: is there's it's not going to get easy at any point during the season. You say that December is prickly, but you need to get through that with a winning record. You need to start figuring out who the teams that you can beat are, and you need to win the games you're supposed to win. And they weren't able to do it against the Rockets. And Terry Stotts came in and he blamed the bench. And he said, you guys, you're letting the rest of your team down. I mean, you had a game on uh, Wednesday against the the Grizzlies. You had 40 points from C.J. McCollum. The rest of the team had the same amount of field goals as he did. Yeah. They, without his shooting, they shot 27% in that game. Yeah, he, yeah. they, they got to get rid of him. I mean, <laughs> quote unquote, no, seriously, though, man. Like, well, I mean, he's a clone of of Lillard when he's out there by himself. And like, well, that, but he's that not, to me he's is not because he doesn't do the other thing. But that to me, that's indicative of something's wrong with the team. If somebody's really taking on the scoring load, like you remember when Melo first got to New York? Well, but isn't that the bench not doing anything? Look what happens when the bench does something. I mean, obviously yeah, they had a great game last night. If you're scoring night. that much, that means that you're also not getting everybody else involved. And you can tell that when CJ's out there by himself, he tries maybe for the first two possessions to get people involved, but he gets really impatient. And then when people start missing shots, he doesn't stick with it. And he goes, okay, it's it's bully ball time. Get I'm just going to take way. over. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same thing as when Melo was his first two years in New York when he came on and joined Amari Stoudemire. And they were winning by like, they were barely winning by like three or four points. And Melo was putting up ridiculous like 40, 45-point games. But you were going like, well, yeah, but you're barely winning games. And actually, the roster was a little bit better when you weren't here. Are you are you saying that the Blazers need Melo? Yeah. A very bizarre trade happened in the NBA this morning. Uh, we will tell you about that and a couple other NBA news and notes. We'll do that next. You're listening to The Center and the Saint 
on 1080 The Fan. All right, we will get to college football and NFL, but I do want to hit a couple other little things from the NBA first. Uh, and it's already been brought up on the text line. I don't know that we uh, teased it uh, that well, but apparently people are already talking about the Westbrook Jamal Murray scuffle last night. I love Jamal Murray. That guy's an absolute stud. Uh, Canadian kid played for Kentucky, if you don't know who he is. If you haven't watched a Nuggets game, even though they lead the West. Uh, Jamal Murray is awesome. And uh, they're doing a jump ball late in the game. The Nuggets have a lead, I think, 107 98 or 93 or some garbage like that. So they're winning the game pretty handily, and uh, Jamal Murray takes his spot around the jump ball, and Westbrook starts kind of chipping at him, trying to push him around, and he didn't back down. And they started a little skirmish, and, oh, man, I just wanted to see somebody deck Russell Westbrook. Yeah, he kind of deserves it at this point. There there was a couple games. There was a Pelicans game this last week where you saw him, like, limping around at the very end. I almost feel like Russell Westbrook is on the verge of – kind of starting to deteriorate like you know he had that knee scope earlier this year that he had to be out for three weeks oh you're saying physically he's not the player yeah like and i get it because you age and the way that he plays is so just you know it's physically involved he's driving to the lane a lot he's doing a lot of quick bursts a lot of pull-up jumpers and you kind of think that like if he keeps doing this for another year or two like you could see a huge drop off in that guy plus he's just annoying he's really annoying <laughs> yeah that's and kind he of where pretty my much thought. screwed the nba because of the fact that he convinced paul george to stay at oklahoma city <laughs> when he could have gone to los angeles played with lebron and then we could have actually had a good western conference finals this year well, hey right now the the lakers i think are six or seven games over 500 yeah they're, they're not going to get too far i mean how are they going to stop the nuggets well, <laughs> they're going to get they're going to get better as the year goes on because lebron will care more uh, but westbrook i mean he he you know statted his way into an mvp in a season where he the team wasn't all that great but he got a triple double every single game because he wanted to and he's just a stat machine so yeah it would have been great to see somebody pop him but i like that the nuggets yeah. aren't afraid of uh superstars and and it's I mean, really a team that kind of goes under the radar. So I thought that was interesting. Um, the other NBA story this morning uh, was the very bizarre trade. So they were attempting to make a three-way trade. Uh, the whole idea was that the Wizards really wanted Trevor Ariza. And they were trying to figure out a way to make it happen. And they were using the Memphis Grizzlies as a third party to help make all the pieces fit. And the idea was the Suns thought they were going to get Dylan Brooks, Ariza would go to Washington, and then I guess a couple pieces from Washington would end up in Memphis. Well, they had everything agreed to except for the Grizzlies go, oh, no, 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 not Dylan Brooks, Marshawn Brooks. And, and the whole thing fell apart. Well, this all happened because the Because Suns, of Scotty Brooks. Well, probably. So this all happened because apparently the Suns and the Wizards never talked directly. They worked through a third party with Memphis. Or the, I'm the, sorry, the Suns and the, the Grizzlies the Suns never and talked. The, Grizzlies the never Wizards, talked. yeah, Scotty and the Brooks. Wizards were working as a third party, as kind of an arbitrator, saying like, "Okay, this is what we'll do for you." This is what, and somewhere it got lost in translation that the Wizards got in their head they were gonna. Uh, that Dylan Brooks was part of the deal. Yep. And they go, okay, well, it's Dylan Brooks. And yep. Phoenix goes, you got it. Here's Trevor Ariza. Here's an aging Trevor Ariza. I would love a great defensive player in Dylan Brooks. And it all broke down because you got the wrong friggin' Brooks. Brooks. That is awful. 
That is terrible. The Phoenix Suns are a dumpster fire. They are so terrible. They have 90-year-old women screaming at their owners, and they are absolutely a travesty. They are a dumpster fire on a cargo ship that is crashing next to the Titanic. Terrible. Well put. Uh, They did finally make the trade happen. What are the details of that, Will? So this... Was just breaking this morning. So basically, again, it was supposed to be a three-team trade. ESPN Adrian Wojnarowski is reporting that the Suns have now agreed to trade Trevor Reza to the Washington Wizards in exchange for Austin Rivers and Kelly Oubre Jr. Again, the third. Uh, what? The third. The third. Sure. Uh, again, there's no third team in this. So yep. they basically cut out the middleman, and it's just the Suns and um, the Wizards just yeah. going. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing how you just <laughs> but you just everything like, absolutely confused. Like five five three zero five better you today text line. Have you ever seen like a, a string of incompetence from an NBA team, an NFL team, really any professional sports team? Just a string of incompetence that has happened with the Suns. The Suns are just a hot mess, man. Um, They're a four win team in a conference where everybody has at least twelve wins. Uh, uh five win. Oh, did they win last night? think i think i just looked at that they're a five win team Hold either on. way i need to confirm that yes they are a five the team. rest of the west has at least 12 wins. so they basically uh pissed off deandre ayton uh and immediately he, yeah he's pissed about the kind of minutes and the type of usage that he's getting um you know the owner is basically asking the taxpayers to pay for a new stadium that nobody wants because of the fact that they're being run like crap. Well, they, have, uh, they, they they had a city hall meeting, and there's this old ninety year old woman who's basically just clowning the owner. Yes, and yelling at members of the city council, going, "How can you negotiate with this man? What are you doing? I'm angry and old." Yeah. Uh. Well, and the other thing, I guess the only te- other team that really can rival them right now are the Bulls. Who? Dude, the. Bulls. Well, forget the Bulls. How about that 2014 draft where Andrew Wiggins and Jabari Parker were can't-miss prospects? The Bulls just benched Jabari Parker, and now are looking for trade partners to unload him after he failed in Milwaukee. Well, so the Bulls didn't draft him. I know. That's oh. what I'm, I'm saying. He failed with Milwaukee, yeah. and then he ends up with the Bulls. But I'm just saying, like, Andrew Wiggins is certainly not the player that everybody thought he was. He was drafted by the Cavaliers. They got rid of him before he ever played because the kid has no brain. Yeah. And then Jabari Parker gets drafted by the Bucs. They run him out of town. He ends up with the Bulls. But it's just the, the NBA, There's, I think there's just a lot of people that don't really care as long as they're making money. Well, I don't know. I mean, you kind of saw that on Jabari Parker's face. I watched a couple of Bulls games this year because I was just curious about how mm-hmm. bad they were. I heard that they were really bad after like maybe the first 10 games. I was like, all right, how bad are they? And you watch and you're like, oh yeah, they suck. <laughs> and you just can kind of see on his face the fact that he looks completely defeated. And you know, Jabari Parker is somebody who I think that his playing style initially when he got into the league was conducive to success because he was, people compared him to Mello, right? He was a great ISO ball player. He really was. He could create his own offense. You know, you get him in the corner and you let him go one-on-one and, you know, he's going to be able to score. And I think he came into an NBA that was just transitioning into this free flowing, passing, yep. shooting, no defense, get on the run and keep the tempo going type of play. And now he's kind of lost. I mean, he, he just doesn't really fit in today's NBA. Yeah. 
Well, obviously he's not having success in today's NBA, and you can certainly see that the way the Warriors play and the teams that are having success, it is just about moving the ball and getting people in space. Would you rather be the Bulls right now with guaranteed you're going to get Zion Williamson or the Blazers right now? The fact yeah. it's taking yeah. you this long no, to answer no, no, that no. question. It's, it's the the Blazers are in just such a middling spot. Oh no, and, I would take the Blazers, I guess. No, you can't really take them. <laughs> you no, know, don't don't you root for chaos with the Blazers? I mean, isn't that really what you want right now? Yes. I mean, you need something cuz even if they get this kind of bench play every night, they're still going to get into the playoffs and get housed. I know. I mean, there's just so many Look at the West. Right now, pick there's what twelve teams that you don't want to play if you're the Blazers. Uh, so they just with that win last night, they just snuck their way in. They're the eighth seed, right? The eighth seed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and every team ahead of them, I'm confident in the playoffs could beat them. Dallas, yeah. Memphis, Lakers, Clippers, Thunder, Warriors, and apparently the Nuggets. Now so. count the six teams behind them. Uh, let's see. Now the Kings could beat them. The Spurs <laughs> could definitely beat them. Well, we know the Pelicans could beat them. Uh, the Jazz, I think, after some time, could beat them. Uh, the Rockets, once you get into the playoffs, could beat them. Uh, Timberwolves, maybe. I'm even a little doubtful of the Suns. I think the Suns might. I'm not going to say they'd beat them. I'm just saying it's a game. Because they have DeAndre Ayton, and it's been proven many times before, the Trailblazers cannot line up against a team with a big man who's versatile. Yep. They can't. They suck at it. They're really, really bad at it. Yeah, and playoff basketball when you can key in. How do you stop the Blazers in the playoffs? You take Damian Lillard out of the game, let everybody else try to beat you, and they can't. No, they cannot. Well, this is Zach Collins here, though. Okay. He's going to just blow up the playoffs. You know what? I hope it is, but (laughs) the worst thing that that happens to this Blazers team is not that they miss the playoffs. It's that they make the playoffs and get swept again. That's that's where it looks like they're headed, where they just hang on to the eighth seed. With wins over the Raptors. A couple thoughts. And watch them. They're going to win two more uh, before next week. And then we're going to get excited. And then they'll lose the rest of the time. Uh, A couple thoughts on the uh, Better You Today text line 55305. The Blazers are the Mariners. Eventually, you have to blow it up. Yeah, and the Mariners are in the middle of a fire sale. It's absolutely fantastic. No, no. They've gotten rid of uh, their uh, big contract in Robinson Cano. They've gotten rid of their closer. They had Carlos Santana for nine days before they traded him for more assets. They are officially in a fire sale. Jerry Depoto was making trades from the hospital at the Major League Baseball winter meetings because he can't wait to get rid of this team. That's a fire sale. Uh, another thought as a Suns fan that now lives in Portland, I have, or I'm sorry, I hate seeing Sarver continue to drive this team into the ground. It seems like the Suns are just not very good at tanking. <laughs> they're really because they're trying. You they're, can, yeah, you can see it, but like they're just really not good at it. Yeah, and yeah. I don't think the Bulls are actually tanking. I think the Bulls made an honest effort to be good this year, and then they're like, oh crap, all these guys suck, and Fred Hoiberg's not a very good coach. Whoops, our bad. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we get into football. We will talk football most of the rest of the show. But go to Sinner Saint 1080 on Twitter and uh, take a look at our polls because we will reveal those to you next, and we'll let you know where the voting is going. But first, let's do the news. <clears throat> Fair point brought up on the Better You Today text line, uh, and that is imagine how far you can drive a golf ball on the moon. If they put a golf course on the moon, even as a non-golfer, if you got an invite, you'd go. Somebody's like, oh, hey, we got an extra spot in the foursome. Golf on the moon. 
four-day trip. You want to go? I just no. I wouldn't go to the moon. Would no. you get drunk faster on the moon? I don't know. Mm. Worth checking out. Why would you even ask that? What do you mean? What leads you to believe that that would even be a possibility? I don't know. Just wondering. I'm thinking if I go on a golf trip, I'm drinking. Okay. I don't know if I'm allowed to have cigars. Well, probably not. Yeah, so I'm guessing those are probably off limits, but I'm sure I can, you know, sneak out an O'Doul's or uh, O'Doul's. Hams. Couldn't in The beer refreshing. They wouldn't make me drink an O'Doul's. So then, then would would you get drunk faster if you're playing around a golf on the moon? Well, couldn't you if you uh, just put one of those trek bags or backpacks in your spacesuit and then have the little tube go up to yeah, you, or the hat? Yeah, or the hat. Yeah, just put a beer hat. Beer on. hat on. Throw a couple rain ears in there, and then the straw goes into your space helmet. Five five three zero five. Better you today. Text sign. Would you get drunk faster on the moon? Yes. For, sci- for scientific yes. uh, questions, we go to the text line. Better you today text line. Would you get drunk faster on the moon? Would Would Jim Beam uh, go straight to the uh, bloodstream faster on the moon than it does here? Or would you get drunk slower? I don't, I don't, hold on. Would you <laughs> get on. drunk faster on the moon? Well, it, could, it could work the opposite way. What, slower? Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I didn't even think of that. That'd be. I don't know if so that'd be good or bad. So the BBC has an article that says why astronauts are banned from getting drunk in space. <laughs> well, that makes sense. I think they have a job to do. But if you're a space tourist, <laughs> yeah, I would imagine getting drunk on a, uh, hey, a listen, spacecraft. Listen, if you can have alcohol at Disneyland, why couldn't you have alcohol uh, on your tourist trip to the moon? Because uh, I think probably you know if you press one wrong button or trip into the wrong you know like. Better you today text line says yes altitude theory, but at some point you lose the effects of altitude, right? Once you get into space, you you're out of the atmosphere, and then there's the pressure is released, right? Well, you're assuming that uh, you would because uh, you get drunk faster on an airplane. You're that's you're, altitude theory. You are assuming that you would calibrate the gravity enough that it would pressurize and create a higher <laughs> level of uh, no. There's no atmosphere in space. No, the moon atmosphere, what you are not accounting for. Uh... Okay, on Twitter, <laughs> on Twitter at uh, Center Saint 1080, uh, there are two polls up for people to participate in. And one, we were looking at the starting quarterbacks around the NFL this week, and you have Jeff Driscoll for Cincinnati. We've seen Cody Kessler start games in Jacksonville. Uh, the Bills have been an absolute travesty. Uh, but Josh Jackson is the guy starting that has played for 11 different NFL teams and is starting for the Redskins for the first time because everybody else has broken legs or is Mark Sanchez. Um, but we wanted to look at the teams with the worst list of quarterbacks starting in one season. This was not easy to figure out our nominees, but do you have do you have yeah, the idea? Yeah, you have the poll going. Okay. Yes. Do do I need to list off the quarterbacks? Uh, no, I think I can do it. Okay. So uh, let's see here. With sixty percent of the vote, we actually have the two thousand uh, Cleveland Browns. And uh, hold on a second. This is just going to take a little bit of time. You're just going to have to. You're just going to have to relax. Okay. Yeah. So two thousand, they had Doug Peterson. Tim Couch and Spurgeon win. Spurgeon win. Good old Spurgeon. 10% of you said it was the 2015 Texans. 
Uh, let's see. Texting. Well, I have. I could. Okay, hold on a okay. second. I'm just getting in here. Let's <laughs> see here. Just getting it up here on the old Wikipedia. All right. So in 2015, you had Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, TJ Yates, and Brandon Whedon. Ugh, that's a um, pretty bad year. Pretty bad. And then you got the 2018 Bills, uh, who have. Do you have that up? Uh, yeah, I've got the 2018 Bills up for you. They had. So they're starting quarterbacks this season. Josh Allen started seven games. Nathan Peterman, two. Derek Anderson started one game. LaShawn McCoy technically started a game because they ran their first play out of Wildcat and Matt Barkley. Wow. That is pretty good. Where are they on the poll? How many? Uh, they are at a astounding 30%, but the leader right now is, of course, 60%. Uh, the 2,000 Browns. Now... I uh, would tend to agree with this. See, Just, did you did you mention the 2011 Colts? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me go with the 2011 Colts because I already the 2011 think I Colts them. is Curtis Painter, Dan Orlovsky, and Kerry Collins. <laughs> so this is this is the one year between Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck. To me, that magnifies it even more that you go from Hall of Famer to Andrew Luck, who, if he continues playing the way he's playing this year, may end up getting back on that Hall of Fame Hall of Fame path. So you go from great quarterback to great quarterback. The one year in between, Curtis Painter has never probably started, never started a game anywhere else, and probably lost his chance to play in the NFL. Dan Orlovsky and an aged, uh, I, I'm guessing liver ravaged Kerry Collins. Yeah, Whew, that's a bad year. Well, we have another poll up. Oh, what's our other poll? So the other poll is if the 1080 the fan guys did a roid wash for one year, who would look the hottest? Uh, let's see. Eleven percent of you said Sprague. Okay. Yeah, I thought Sprague would kind of look the hottest. 20, yeah. Well, you think he's hot anyways. Yeah, you've, you've got a, you've got a poster hanging in your cubicle of a little bit Brandon of Sprague. Twenty one percent say Cam. Twenty three percent say Swag. Ooh. But overwhelmingly, everyone agrees. Forty five percent of you say Rop would look the Ooh. sexiest and the hottest. How do we not even get on that poll? Well, because not a lot of people know us. Okay. And uh, the, the we're thing, unimportant. Okay. The two thing, the two people I'd like to see do a roid wash for one year. And there's two, there's two point of curiosity. One for Rob, how hairy will he get? <laughs> because with steroids, it's going to cause a lot more hormones to come up and you're going to get a lot hairier. And cam, I mean, I want to see how big he'll get. <laughs> I mean, will he become like that guy? If you Google him and just go steroids or like, you know, Super steroids. If you just Google image that, you see that guy who just has muscle everywhere. I like, just want to hear the endorsement campaign. Hey, this is uh, Dusty Hera for illegal anabolic steroids. <laughs> I used to feel small and insignificant next sitting next to Cam, but now I'm a monster. I'll punch holes in the wall. What are you looking at? What's your problem? You get out of here. Take steroids. <laughs> hey, it's Cam. And yes, I'm tougher than you. But, yeah, there has to be, like, that some outburst in the middle of the commercial. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. All right. All right. Those are our polls. It's time to get to good versus evil. We will do that next. You're listening to The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil, brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants, 808 on 1080 The Fan. Again, this thing has just evolved. 
you know, we were we were rolling. Does that mean it's gotten worse since he appeared in the injury report in, in mid-October? Has it gotten worse since that point? Has he felt worse? Yes. No. That was stay-at-home dad who works on his ATV in the garage to retain some semblance of manhood, Doug Peterson. The Eagles head coach was talking about serious boo-boo concerns with Philadelphia's franchise QB Carson Wentz. Team officials announced this week Wentz has a stress fracture in his back that could take up to three months to heal. He's listed as questionable for the Rams tomorrow. In fact, I think that has been upgraded to he will not play. This is, of course, this, of course, means top men from the Eagles will go to their Raiders of the Lost Ark themed basement and unearth Super Bowl QB MVP Nick Foles. That was an aggressive writing there. Two questions. Do the Eagles make the playoffs with Foles at QB this season? And is Carson Wentz starting to look like a lost cause? He's not starting to look like a lost cause, but it looks like it'll be uh, up in the air whether or not you sign him to that huge contract. He might be saving the Eagles a lot of money, which means they have a better defense if he does stay healthy for a little bit. Because, like, Andrew Luck uh, kind of went through the same thing, but he didn't do it till after he got the big payday. Carson Wentz doing it before his big payday, so bonus there. Um... Cowboys are playing really well right now. Their defense looks pretty outstanding. There's a lot of teams in the NFC sitting at six and seven. I believe the Eagles are among those. Whether or not they can make it happen. The Panthers down the... are there too, aren't they? Panthers. Uh, I've, the Redskins are sitting there. You've got the, there's a tie for the Vikings. Vikings are six, six oh, and one. Right. And then five, seven and one is, yeah. is your Packers. Anyways, there's a whole pile of teams sitting there. Uh, the Eagles just haven't looked cohesive all year, so I have a hard time seeing them be the team that emerges out of that pack. But I don't have a lot of confidence in anybody else either. So I will say definitely maybe on the Nick Foles leading them into the playoffs. But if he does, it's not afraid of the big moment. You'd be, fr- you'd be afraid. Be very afraid. Well, what I'm saying, not a lot's going to change. I mean, we're not going to become a team that, you know, runs the zone read every play and runs a bunch of trick plays. And, you know, we're not going to just reinvent our offensive scheme. But what needs to change as far as execution is we got to score points. That was an escaped Canimate alien from the Twilight Zone episode to serve man. Just look it up. Will do. Kirk Cousins. After an embarrassing 21-7 loss to the Seahawks on Monday night this week, the Vikings decided to fire Cousins because he's ineffective and forgot how to play quarterback. And the Oh, whoops, sorry, I read that wrong. <laughs> Minnesota actually fired their offensive coordinator, John Del Filippo. Hell of a name. DeFilippo. DeFilippo, sure. The Vikes have lost three of their last four games, and Cousins has only eclipsed 300 yards throwing just once in that span. They barely hold on to a playoff spot sitting at 6-6-1. Six, six, True or false, Mike Zimmer gets fired in the offseason if they miss the postseason. Ooh, that's an interesting one. I don't think he does. I think they like Mike Zimmer there. Uh, you've got a lot of money wrapped up in your quarterback, so getting rid of your offensive coordinator I think is interesting. Did you hear the reason why they fired him, though? DeFilippo was, like, the prime candidate for a lot of head coaching jobs. People were saying he's the next McVay or Nagy or whatever it is. And they said, well, this is what happens when you start thinking about your next job instead of doing the job you have. So I think they're going to use him as a scapegoat to keep Mike Zimmer and uh, and give people confidence in uh, in old what's his name Kirkers, Kirk Cousins. And I pulled up the to serve man. Those foreheads are awful big. Yeah, and Kirk Cousins' forehead is huge. You eh. just look, go look face to face. I'm looking at him right now. It's a great Twilight Zone episode, by the way. Twilight Zone uh, is is getting forgotten. People need to go back and watch it.
They got veterans over there. I mean, I don't understand what you mean. A young team. They got champions over there. Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard. Um, you got guys that played in big playoff games like Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry, Jonas Valanciunas. You got young players. They got a great mix of veterans and young players. The leaders of that team have been through some wars, so I wouldn't call them a young team or I won't say them beating us two times is going to give them extra confidence. They've been balling for that, and, I, and they're going to be balling after they beat us. So, I mean, they're not an up-and-coming team. They're here. That was 14-year-old who just wants 10 more minutes on the Xbox before bedtime, Kevin Durant. Breaking news, the Raptors are good at basketball. Toronto uh, accentuated that point, beating the Warriors 113-93 Wednesday night. Kyle Lowry scored 23 points, and Kawhi Leonard scored zero because he actually didn't play. This season seems more plausible for the Raptors to make the NBA Finals. No LeBron, Kawhi Leonard is on your team. Which statement do you believe to be more true after Wednesday? The Raptors are the best team in the NBA, or the Warriors need a vacation? Warriors need a vacation, I think, is more true. I mean, Steve Kerr is constantly fighting the the lethargic nature that kind of surrounds this team. They set the NBA record for uh, best regular season ever in a season where they didn't finish uh, as a champion. Um, And then they've been disinterested in the regular season. You see it chronically with LeBron James where he doesn't really turn it on, especially when he's with the Cavs until the end of the year. Uh, The Raptors may be the best team in the East. I don't think they're the best team in basketball. Uh, But the, the biggest thing that I hate is when people compare the Blazers with the Raptors. The Raptors, you know, they're a good regular season team in that. The Raptors were willing to go out and make big splash move to do that. Uh, take take their lead. Blazers and do something. Yeah. Why did you? Well, I, we, I was talking to Jason Quick on Thursday about it. I think we've tried, like we tried for Paul George. We put in a pretty good bid for that. I don't know how much there was an effort for Kawhi Leonard, but uh, they've tried to make. Teams just don't want to deal with I, us. I think there's a little bit of that. Or yeah. we're not willing to give up enough. All right, it's time for my favorite story of the week. I'm excited. And this one comes from Canada, our neighbors up north. Jason Rankwat. Rankwat? Sure. 17 years old in a one-minute video is seen punching in a code to boot up the store's intercom at Walmart, at which he works. And he was about to announce his resignation in a way that many disgruntled employees could not only have dreamed of, and here is how he announced he was quitting Walmart. Attention all shoppers, associates, and management. I would like to say to all of you today that nobody should work here, ever. Our managers will make promises and never keep them. And not only that, they will preach to us about how they care about their employees. But about a month ago, my boss, assistant manager Cora, called me a waste of time and management did nothing to help. <laughs> management will also try and save money every step of the way, including cutting benefits of a, or a full-time associate down to part, down to part-time, even though he worked 40-plus hours a week. I've been a loyal employee here for over a year and a half, and I'm sick of bogus write-ups and my job. Management, this job, Walmart. It got a little, a little choppy there at the end. Is that profanity? Uh, that is profanity. Oh, okay. Perfect. Why not know the beep? awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet way to... He freaking quits Walmart like that. That's like every person's dream that's ever worked retail is to get onto a huge intercom and just go, this place sucks. You all suck. You are ants shopping for things you don't need. I am out. He did not insult the customers. Too bad he didn't. Mm, You know what? I thought that was a classy move. There's no reason to insult the people in there. They're there because, uh, you know, it's affordable pricing. 
but they should know who they're shopping for. There's a cost that comes along with those rollback savings and that dancing happy face. And that's, uh, that's people, you know, they made a record number and Walmart decided to try to put chips in everything so that you didn't have to have a checkout person. They're eliminating jobs. They're not making new ones. This guy's a hero. I, I uh, scoff at anyone that shops at Walmart. <laughs> I'm above that. Have you ever found something where you're like, ah, crap, it's at Walmart. I have to go get it at Walmart. <laughs> a TV. That? Every time I buy a TV, oh. it just, like, I end up going to Walmart. I haven't, I haven't been. It's not like I do it every month. I just, like, maybe every three years when I purchase a TV, I, I go, oh, crap. You should go to Encore Audio Video. That's the place to get a TV. Uh, I, uh, whoa. That one, come on, don't plug. What, they're the best. Um, I, uh, I have probably not been in a Walmart, I'm guessing, for four or five years. Um, but with the the children having two year olds, my wife is like, oh, I gotta go to Walmart. We got stuff way cheaper there. And, and it's not that going to. It's not that being uh, <laughs> go. Uh, I I just I don't want to insult people who go to Walmart and say that it's the people that suck. It's going there and being shoulder to shoulder with other people and seeing some of the like hardcore Walmart shoppers <laughs> act like hardcore Walmart shoppers. It's. It, it makes you feel kind of gross. For me, it makes me feel like I'm an ant. One of the scariest places I've ever been in my life was the Walmart in Panorama City, California. It's in the center of the San Fernando Valley, and uh, I did not feel safe the entire time. I, was yeah, I, I doubt you would. It was a terrible and frightening place, and that was the last time we went to Panorama City ever. All right, that's uh, that's good versus evil. It's brought to you by 808, the titan of Hawaiian restaurants at 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock, go there, eat Hawaiian food. It's delicious. When we come back, the second hour will be dedicated to football, and then we will end it with our powerful new segment, What to Watch. Hour two of The Center and the Saint is next on 1080 The Fan.